One of the things I don't think churches realize is that mental health is a disability law issue. This comes into play with the Americans with Disabilities Act. Hello and welcome to another episode of Law and Church, a podcast for church leaders. My name is Brian Fitton. I'm here with Josh Bryant, managing attorney at Church General Counsel and an ordained pastor. Josh, how are you doing today? Doing all right. Still, uh, still distanced. Still social distance. We're not in the not in the studio today. We are not. We are still social distancing, even though some restrictions have been lifted, obviously, but uh, still doing our part here. And and it, it's kind of funny you get used to the uh, the Zoom calls. You don't like them. It's bittersweet, but it's uh, man. I, I like I like just having on this show. I'm not going to stand up. <laughs> I'm just saying. There's been so many uh, just different newscasts. Oh, for one of them, with a guy he didn't realize his camera angle. And he was rocking, uh, rocking shorts or his boxers or something, and on national TV, which is so funny, so funny. Uh, anyway, hey, we yes. did it. We did it for piano. We we did a piano recital, <laughs> and it was supposed to be virtual. And so I sat down and I played the piano with my son uh, on his piece, and we stood up, and both of us had suits on on top and gym shorts on the bottom. So perfect, man. So hey. so good. <laughs> everybody got to laugh. So. Hey, if you can't have a little bit of fun during this time, you know, everybody needs a little little smile and, and laughter, uh, especially during some some hard times, right? So yeah, um, you know, and and honestly, I mean, that one of the topics. I mean, the topic we're talking about today is uh, mental health issues affecting our churches right now, you know, and that is, uh, that's one, you know, people are, are experiencing a lot of emotions, a lot of mental issues and health and, and all of that right now being quarantined. And so yeah. I'm glad we're going to be talking about this. This is a great topic, Josh, uh, kind of tee us up a little bit for this episode. Yeah. So for the entire month of June, June is national safety month. Uh, and when we have a topic like safety, uh, or any kind of topic very similar to that, we've got a lot of legal issues that kind of kind of overlap a little bit. And so for the next five episodes, we're going to talk about safety issues in the church. And one of the key focus uh, areas for uh, National Safety Month and the National Safety Council uh, this year is mental health. Uh, and when we talk about mental health, that makes a lot of church leaders squeamish sometimes. Um, but we're, we're back in a situation, uh, and especially now, matter of fact, I saw an article today talking about the upcoming pastoral crash, uh, where pastors are just you know, there's a, a, a wow. likelihood or at least a chance that pastors and church leaders are just going to, uh, you know, kind of hit this wall of depression. Um, you know, again, just last week, uh, when, from when we reported this, it's going to be uh, a couple of weeks from the time it, it airs, uh, but another pastor committed suicide. Uh, and so we have got to talk about uh, mental health, uh, and we need to talk about that from a safety perspective. And there are legal issues uh, that do arise in this context of mental health in the church, uh, specifically within employment, but also uh, as we, uh, as church leaders, work with others and disciple others, mental health is going to come up, uh, and there are some legal issues that we've got to be very careful uh, about when we're when we're talking about mental health issues in the church. Absolutely, you know, and that's uh, that's just heartbreaking to hear. Um, as even as someone who's kind of struggled with with uh, mental health issues and just, you know, trauma in my life and, and dealing with that and appropriate counseling and that type of stuff. It's, it is heartbreaking to hear yeah. um, those that are serving are, uh, you know, in that capacity that need that help as well. I mean, everybody 
needs to reach out if you're if you're in, obviously in, in uh, need of help. So, yeah. um, so let's uh, let's kind of jump into our first uh, first point here. Uh, that better churches provide flexibility and work schedules, breaks, and also sick leave. That's so important. Yeah, you know, it it really is exceptionally important that we do better in providing uh, these types of this type of flexibility. You know, as, as churches in general, we expect a ton. Uh, out of our pastors uh, and out of our leaders at, at church. And so um, we've got to get to a point uh, where we're better with work schedule, we're better with breaks and sick leave and, and just personal time for the pastor. I mean, I know pastors who really don't get a whole lot of time off. And when you're a church leader, when you're on staff, that's a 24-7 job a lot of times. You're getting calls late at night and calls early in the morning. You're getting calls on the weekend. You're asked to do a whole bunch of events. You know, we we don't do a whole lot on Tuesdays at 10 uh, because people are at work, but we're going to end up doing things Tuesdays at 7 or Tuesdays at 8 or Thursdays at 7 or 8, you know, and not to mention that we've got families of our own uh, as church leaders. And so uh, when you when you push people that hard and you, you work that hard and there's just no downtime, we get, get to a point, first of all, where biblically we've got a problem. Uh, we've got a Sabbath rest and God built that into how we exist. There's got to be a downtime uh, and a day where church leaders can rest uh, at least once a week. Um, but there's got to be just periods of rejuvenation. We've got to be flexible with that because it's not like being a church leader is a nine to five job uh, because it's not. Uh, like I said, it's a 24-7 job. And so when we expect that much and when shepherding God's people requires that much, it also requires that we be very flexible in making sure people get sufficient downtime uh, and get sufficient family time. And one of the things I don't think churches realize is that mental health is a disability law issue. This comes into play with the Americans with Disabilities Act. And so not only is there a biblical issue with not providing church leaders sufficient time to rest, there's also a legal issue because as mental health issues continue to crop up uh, among church leaders and in churches, um, you're going to have more situations in which churches as employers are expected to make accommodations for people with mental health uh, problems and mental health issues that have to be addressed. And so when we talk about what is a reasonable accommodation, that's exactly what this point is really all about is being flexible in the work schedule, uh, being flexible with your breaks, providing ample breaks, and not only providing it, but insisting on it. I know a lot of church leaders out there, a lot of pastors and ministers are very driven type A kind of entrepreneurial people. Uh, and a lot of times uh, the, the concept of a break is lost on those type of, a peop uh, of people, and I'm one of them uh, a lot of times. And so we've got to make sure that we are insisting, not only providing an opportunity for a break, but insisting on people taking breaks, people taking sick leave, including the infamous mental health day. Uh, we've got to provide those types of, of time off for church leaders, and if we don't, we're going to continue to see mental health issues rise uh, in the church, and we're going to get to a point to where churches as employers could find themselves subject to, to lawsuits or to other legal claims and complaints under the Americans with Disabilities Act. Okay. And so if you have a church leader uh, or a pastor or somebody on staff who says, I have a disability which requires me to have flexibility in my work schedule breaks, sick leave, sick leave and so forth, uh, we could spend all day talking about the Americans with Disabilities Act and what the church has to uh, or what the church can ask and 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 so forth. But the best case scenario here is, listen, we know that church leaders in general and paid staff on church are overworked. 
We know that they're underpaid. And so the least we can do is be flexible and do it across the board. Make those, make that level of flexibility available for everybody. Um, because doing that provides that accommodation that allows for church leaders to take care of their own mental health. And a lot of times, number one, they don't want to believe that they have a mental health problem because Jesus should be enough. And I get that, but there are also mental health things that, that, that are medical, uh, that are chemical, that are biological, that we need to take care of. And so they have to take care of their own mental health. They have to understand that they, it, it's okay to do that. Uh, but, but their employer, the church, needs to show some grace there. Uh, and that requires some flexibility in those work schedules, breaks, and sick leave. Yeah, absolutely. No, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and and I know that this time, especially around summer, going into summer, a lot of times these, uh, just even my pastor himself, will schedule kind of a sabbatical to mm-hmm. make sure that he he addresses that, make sure he takes that time off, um, not just with the family, but also by himself to kind of retreat away a little bit. Uh, and I know that it's even, you know, I haven't spoken with him about this, but I know that going into this time right now, you know, where there is so much quarantine and so many things happening. Um, a lot of pastors I'm assuming are not scheduling that time because they feel like they need to be, you know, plugged in. And so any words of advice for them kind of during that time? Yeah. Just make yourself do it. Make yourself take some time for yourself. And especially right now, more than ever, um, we're, we're social distancing travel may be difficult, but just taking some time for rest and rejuvenation, it's still possible. Uh, find times where you can connect with other pastors, okay? Um, you know, our church law group on Facebook. Uh, join that and connect with some other church leaders and set up Zoom calls. Uh, set up uh, conversations with other people who are you're not responsible for spiritually um, so that you can connect and start having relationships with, with other people uh, other than people that are, are strictly in your church. Um, because anytime you have that type of a, of a conversation, you're always going to have that pastor hat on. So give yourself permission to take that hat off and just, just yeah. rest um, and, and make yourself do it. Um, it's more important now than it ever has been because of this social distancing. I saw another video, heartbreaking, heartbreaking video on Facebook uh, of a father saying, my son died of COVID, but it wasn't because he had it. He died of COVID because he was so socially isolated right now. Uh, that he took his own life. And so these mental health issues are going to crop up. They're going to be kind of secondary and tertiary uh, impacts of, of the, this pandemic. Uh, so now more than ever, take time for yourself, rest, recover, uh, and take care of your mental health. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and that kind of brings us to the next point too, of, of having you know, family members or, you know, people who we are taking care of that have these mental health issues, you know, maybe you're, you're doing fine, you're doing the things that you need to, uh, to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Um, how can the church respond to someone who is needing to take that time off to, to assist, you know, those that they love? Yeah, you know, and again, this is a, is very much um, just a gracious thing for a church to do is to give their staff members time to go take care of their family. Uh, you know, scripture says somebody who doesn't take care of their family, they're worse than an infidel. And I know a lot of people would look at that and say, it's your responsibility to provide for your family. But sometimes providing for your family just means being there. It doesn't mean being at the office and earning an income. And so having the ability to show the grace to take care of a family member who's struggling with mental health issues um, is just the right thing to do. There are also legal issues. Now, the vast majority of churches are not going to have more than 50 employees. But if you're in the right type of denominational polity in which you work for the, you know, a state or 
a diocese or state convention or, or, or something like that, where you do have more than 50 employees, the Family Medical Leave Act is going to apply, uh, and it's going to be your responsibility to comply with FMLA. Um, if you have less than 50 people on staff at your church, then FMLA probably doesn't apply to you. But we, again, go back, let's take off the legal hat and put on the ethics hat. What is the ethical thing to do for the church as an organization? And when you look at this from a, a stakeholder model, we've talked about the stakeholder model and that the, the ethical decision is one in which all stakeholders have been consulted. Okay, well, your church leader, your pastor has uh, a stake in this. Uh, and so we need to be able to consider uh, their best interests uh, and what is their best interest in um and, and you've got to be able to take care of your employees. Your employees have to be able to take care of their families because that's in their best interest. And so when you look at the stakeholder model, uh, it would suggest the churches need to provide this type of, of sick leave or family medical leave to go take care of somebody who's dealing with mental health issues. When you look at it from the agency model that we've talked about on here before, where uh, the ethical decision is the one that advances the mission of the organization the most, well, our mission is to make disciples. If I'm sitting in my office and I'm worried sick about a child or a spouse or a mom or dad or brother who has a mental health issue and I can't just be there to walk with them through depression or uh, help them take care of things when they've had a rough patch right now. I mean, you consider uh, the, the, the spouses and the children and the siblings of church leaders right now who've just lost their job, who are financially struggling to make it right now. Uh, the ability to go and just sit with them and help them, uh, you know, fill out unemployment applications or fill out paycheck protection uh, program loan applications or help them move out of the house that they can no longer afford because the bank, uh, you know, is getting ready to foreclose or they need to downsize, whatever. Being able to take those days and help their family, I'm going to be able to advance the gospel a whole lot more that way than I am sitting in my office worried sick about my family member. Yeah. Uh, and so churches have to be able to, to, to find that ability to be gracious. Um, and we could go through all of the other five, uh, other three, uh, three of the five ethical models that we've talked about on here before, but all of them are really going to point to this idea of we've got to allow our staff to take care of their families. Uh, and that means giving them time off to deal with family members who have a mental illness. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. So moving into our third topic to uh, better churches are cautious with counseling. I think this is a, a fantastic thing to talk about because we, we refer a lot of people to counseling, but we've got to be very cautious with that on the legal side. Why is that? We, we really do. You know, and it kind of depends on the state that you're in. There are some states who will recognize uh, an exemption uh, to a clergy member or somebody who is a member in, you know, in vocational ministry providing counseling uh, and using that term counseling. Um, but there are some states who's not, who are not going to recognize that. And if you say you provide counseling, then you're in violation of some licensing laws, unless you are actually a licensed professional counselor. Um, and so when we start talking about counseling, we need to understand that as pastors, our ability to provide godly counsel is not the provision of mental health services. Okay. And so whether we call it, you know, I, I hate to get sidetracked on, uh, on semantics, but calling it counseling, Hey, we offer counseling at our church. You better have a licensed professional counselor there because that could cause yeah. issues. Uh, 
What you really need to focus on is saying we provide spiritual advice. We we provide biblical guidance. We provide one-on-one discipleship where if you're struggling with something and you need a church leader or a staff member uh, to to walk beside you one-on-one through scripture as we deal with whatever issue, hey, that's great. Okay, nobody's going to throw any throw up any red flags on, on that. But if if you're grabbing, uh, you know, the latest handbook, pastor's handbook on psychological uh, disorders or whatever, and using that, uh, you're you're really getting close to some some licensing lines where you don't have a license to do that. And if you have those problems, it just can create a whole lot more problems. So you got to be careful with that. There are also states that recognize something called clergy malpractice. Uh, to where if you are negligent in the provision of spiritual guidance, you can personally be sued. Now, not all states recognize that. It's actually a minority of states that do. Uh, but we've got to be careful of clergy malpractice. And so, really, you need to limit your counseling, uh, just to kind of sum this up, to one-on-one discipleship for the purpose of spiritual growth. That needs to be the context of your counseling program at your church. Uh, If you go outside of that, not only do you possibly run afoul of clergy malpractice, you might be providing a mental health service that you're not licensed to practice, and you could be opening your church up not only to a lawsuit, but to church members who are not getting the help that they need. All right. So provide that biblical encouragement, provide that spiritual guidance. But when it comes to actual mental health, where we're talking about how people feel and their emotional state and things like that, we really need to refer uh, those uh, those church members to professionals. Uh, And there are a slew of professional licensed professional counselors who are Christian, who provide biblical, biblically based and, and, and faith-based, very sound uh, services uh, to, to people. Uh, but we need to make sure that we're not doing that. And if if nothing else, uh, we need to remember that w- what Acts 6-4 says uh, is that ultimately we are called to the ministry of the, uh, of the Word and to prayer. Uh, and so we can do those couple of things. Ministry of the Word is not just preaching. It could be that one-on-one biblical discipleship. Uh, and it certainly is prayer where we're going to pray with people who need help. Um, but when we start doing counseling, are we exceeding what the pastor is called to do in shepherding the, the flock that is the church? Uh, and so we've got to be careful with that and make sure that we are only doing, number one, what God has called us to do, and number two, what we're competent to do. And if we're not competent to provide those services, we need to refer them to, to biblical mental health counselors. Yeah, and how much does it speak to your church, too, to be able to partner with those counselors in your community and be able to, you know, refer them, refer them people who are hurting? You've you've had that contact with them. I know that um, there's a there's a group that we always, you know, refer people to because we know that that they are trained, especially in certain areas, especially being, you know, uh, you and I both are in the adoption world, the foster care world, and that that is a, a different level of counseling that is needed to have that type of experience to be able to, to help somebody. And um, I'm just so thankful for that community. But just how much does it speak to your church as a church leader being able to say, hey, we don't have all the answers, but we want to get you in contact with somebody who can help you in this specific area. So Yeah, absolutely. That's been another episode of Law and Church, and all the resources we've talked about today will be in the show notes. Uh, You can get those show notes on the Church Law blog at thechurchlawgroup.com or on our podcast website at lawandchurch.com. And of course, the show notes will always be available in your favorite podcasting app. 
That's right. And go do us a favor. Please go subscribe and review to our podcast. Listen, our heart is for the local church, and there are church leaders who really need to hear this stuff. And your review and subscription of the podcast just makes it that much more likely. And certainly we're going to be talking about stuff next week uh, that you're going to want to hear as we go into more detail. So uh, your subscription is also going to help make sure that you have access to that. And so uh, go do that. And then also make sure to go join the Church Law Group on Facebook. Just go to Facebook, search Law and Church, and you will find that group. You can also find the link in the show notes. Thanks, everyone. Yep, And we will uh, see you next week.